This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast, brought to you by 105.9 The Region, exclusively part of our Discoveries block. I'm Shaliza Backus. I'm Afua Ball. Hope everyone's keeping warm. I know, One it's more chilly. month until December. It's till the, the end of 2021. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Thank you. I had to. I've got a Christmas cup. I can see it and I don't want I, I got put a, it away. I got a holiday latte today. Put it away. It's official. Put it's it away. time. <laughs> but you know what? 2021, I think, has passed fairly quickly. Oh, um, my gosh. So quickly. <sighs> Halloween's and, over? And, like, bef- what? and Christmas is basically here. It's, I know. It's been a lot. And you know what? We're still in the thick of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're still seeing a lot of light towards this end of this tunnel. Yes. Uh, Christmas lights. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Bring it back, honey. Bring it back. <laughs> we're inching closer towards the end of this pandemic. It has been hard, but yep. no doubt it has been hard on businesses, mm-hmm. businesses that have had to close because of restrictions, especially when we did not know much about this virus. But now that we're seeing vaccination uptake, we're seeing a lot of those restrictions lifted. But, you know, before all of those things happen, all a lot of businesses were closing. Mm-hmm. There were some that were starting to actually open up during yes. the pandemic. And, and thrive. Yes, absolutely. So we want to focus on some of those businesses, you know, that powered through this pandemic, opened up their doors and were serving the community. So joining us today on Millennial Balance is Mira Vuletic from The Replace and Port Coffee. Mira, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you both? Hey, we're Great. good. As you could hear, Shaliza, she's talking about Christmas and I stuff. I have a latte. <laughs> I'm fine. There you go. <laughs> I like the energy that you all are putting out, and I, I need to get into the same zone. I'll join you probably by the end of this conversation. I'll be right there with you. All good, <laughs> As long man. as you get there. <laughs> we're, we're, we're patient. So, of course, um, let's let our listeners know. Just tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Mira, and uh, I was actually born and raised in Egypt before I immigrated cool. to Canada sometime in the 90s. And uh, I am a mom of three. I have an eight, six, and four-year-old, married for about 11 years, and basically uh, a working mom that has also decided to open up a business on the side, a side gig, if you will. Side hustle. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes. I mean, I'm not doing this alone. I've got to give credit where it's due. And, you know, the husband's helping out. And I have my brother-in-law as well as my sister are business partners joining me in this awesome venture. Well, you know what? Kudos to you and congratulations, girl, on all of you that Mm -hmm. you're doing. You know, working mom and being a mom in and of itself is no easy feat. And with three young children, so you're doing it all. So I give my claps to you. Yes. I give my claps to you and all the working moms out there. (laughs) And and speaking of being a working mom, tell us about why you decided to create this business when you've already got such a full plate. And during the pandemic, might we? Yes. Yeah. Pandemic on top of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, so that's that's a two-part question, and stop me if I'm rambling on for too long, but I would say that the first part is that, you know, I was really, really influenced by somebody that, you know, I heard speak at my kid's school. So, see, the, the mom hat is on here, and it's just part of being a parent where your eyes are opened up and you learn so much just having children. Um, and one of the things I heard um, the this, this speaker say was that every day in the greater Toronto area, one million coffee cups get used and tossed in the landfill every 
single day. I'm just looking at my coffee yeah. cup on the desk yeah. right now. <laughs> How's the latte tasting? I, no, no, no judgment. No judgment. It's tasted a It's got some guilt in there now. But you know what's interesting is that every person in the room, like every everybody in the room looks at each other like, I didn't know that. I didn't. Did you know that? I didn't know that. And we kind of had the same reaction. And I was like, I was flabbergasted. And then the second thing this person said was that only 9% of what we actually put in the recycling bin actually gets recycled. The oh. other goes straight to the landfill. And that ticked me. That really ticked me off. I just, I like, I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, what a farce recycling is, you know, if only 9% like just recycled and some, it turns into something different, right? With that, I was like, I, I'm going to do something about this. So I started like sa- saving my like jugs to fill up. And I was like, where can I do this in Toronto? Where can I go to a place and refill what I already had and reuse what I already have and, and build and, and talk to people, like-minded people who wanted to learn more about, you know, sustainability and just living a certain way of life. And, and I, I wasn't finding lots of places in, in the greater Toronto area. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do something about it. And so I said, let's, let's open up um, the store, the replay. And then because I know that eco-friendly living could be so intimidating and not everybody would walk into an eco-friendly store. Um, and it's often associated with like tree hugging for some reason. I said, I'm going to put a coffee shop right in the front of the store because Lots of people are not intimidated to walk into a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And so by walking into the coffee shop, they could have their coffee. They could go to the back of the store and check out the replay. And, and so there's, there was like an ethos built there. And by the way, we've never, in the full year we've been operating, we've never served a single disposable coffee cup. Wow. That's Congratulations. That's awesome. And can I just say that's such a good idea. Like, mm-hmm. you know, tempt them with the coffee, especially us millennials. We love mm-hmm. our coffee. Yeah. And then yeah. you, you reel them in for the greater good. I really, really like that idea. Thank you. Yeah. So our customers bring their own coffee cups or they borrow one of our what we call the ugly mugs, our <laughs> ugly mug library that's community donated. Because <gasps> y'all got your cups in the back of the cupboard sitting there that you know number one graduate or 1999 graduate or whatever it is <laughs> and and people donate them all the time and then we just use them and then we also you know sell tumblers and we give free coffee when you purchase tumblers so just to help you you know get into the habit of it all and there's lots of programs that are coming to the gta that you know will help kind of hit that you know sustainability effort in a better light Last spring, you opened up this niche, eco-friendly, package-free general store. Were you concerned at all about opening up um, such a specific business right Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the pandemic where basically everything was shutting down and you were saying, you know what, I'm opening up? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, So, yeah, we actually opened up a year ago in October. But, yeah, um, I'll never forget the day In, in March when the world was shutting down. We had just landed back from Mexico, uh, March 17th, my family and I. And, you know, we quarantined for two weeks because that's when the world was actually starting to shut down. I was like, what's going on? Am I going to be able to open up this business? And I had a lot of time to think. And I remember the first time I was out in the supermarket and just kind of two weeks later, feeling it out and like, what's going on around me? You know, am I going to bring something home? And 
you know that you remember that when when it first mm-hmm. hit and you're like oh my god I just get it by, by being outside and we didn't understand it and we didn't know it and toilet paper so such a nutty time yeah. right? <laughs> but I remember I was like you know what when climate change impacts are like actually hit us and like slap us in the face here in the GTA much like the rest some in parts of the world they're feeling it right and it's slapping them in, in the face with natural disasters right we're a little bit shielded here i i feel but i thought to myself when when it actually hits there's not going to be any social distancing that that's going to keep my family and, uh, and my my children safe there's not going to be any quarantining you know there's not going to be like like i didn't know so i'm like you know what I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm going to be able to look my kids in the eyes and I'm going to say, I did something about it. I'm doing my part and I'm passing something on to my children and I'm helping my community learn. And, um, and I'm just going to take my one small step. And in fact, we, we have that writing. As soon as you walk into the store on the replay, it's like written in the ground. It's painted on the ground and it says one small step. Nobody's asking for perfection. I'm not asking the whole neighborhood to go, you know, nuts and make like just immediate, like huge, huge, huge change. I'm just asking for everyone to take one small step in, in this direction. I'm trying to picture like uh, the coffee shop and all that. By the way, you need to send us a photo of that that mug wall. Oh, we're gonna do the we're gonna oh, do yeah. the plugs and everything at the end. Oh yes, plug plug away. But yes, yes definitely, definitely for the gram. Uh, Mira, can you elaborate on any any concerns you've had starting a business during the pandemic? Because, I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but I'm sure it must have been a lot more difficult than in, quote unquote, normal times. Yeah, well, you know, I have no frame of reference starting a business outside normal times, to be honest. So mm. it, it's kind of like a blessing in disguise because you can't look at your numbers. Like I couldn't look at my numbers of 2019 and be like, you know what, in 2019, we did this much in profit and I'm really starting to see a dip in my sales or whatever. So I was kind of like shielded from that. So that was kind of a blessing in, in disguise. But 2020 was the year of pivot. And once, once as a new business owner, you just thought that, you had it figured out, all of a sudden the rules would change again and then you'd have to pivot. But you couldn't get into any sort of like normalcy, if you will. Like there was no new norm. It was just like, when when is the new norm just going to be the the norm? Like there was just like constant change. So that that I would say was was my biggest struggle. From what you've learned so far this year and what you're still learning now, what advice do you have to anyone that's, you know, starting to venture out on their own for a completely new project, whether it be a new business or something just completely different for themselves? I would say, you know, if you have a great idea and and even if you don't think it's, it's great, just Kind of immerse yourself into the industry or in, into the community first and figure out if you really like if, if learn as much as you can about it and figure it out if, if you really like it. Like for me, I had to, you know, get in touch with coffee suppliers, drink a lot of coffee, which I don't mind. Um, <laughs> and, you know, start listening to, you know, sustainability podcasts. And my Instagram page was everything from California, Vancouver, and European countries that were doing package-free or eco-friendly living a lot better than Ontario was. 
and just like really immersed myself into what was happening. Looking back, I think I should have maybe gone out and said, okay, maybe I should be a barista first before I decide to open up a coffee shop, you know, and learn a little bit about the do's and don'ts of of baristas. So I would have gotten some, you know, hands-on experience first. I I think that would have been a a good step. And also on on the eco-front, I feel like everybody's kind of winging the eco-friendly living and it's just like a new, new wave of, I don't know, living, I guess. So we're just all figuring it out together. But I say a good idea, talk it over with as many people as you possibly can. Let them poke the holes in it. Immerse yourself into the culture and, and then see where it goes. And just, just start taking one small step towards your brilliant idea and see where it can unfold. I like the plug right yep. there. I see what you did right there. <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> All right, Mira, I'm sure everybody is so curious about this cafe. So where can we find you? Where can we find the cafe? Tell us where to reach you. Ooh, I like it. For the plug. Yes. <laughs> you can find us. We're at 2165 Danforth Avenue, which is at Woodbine and Danforth. And um, you could follow us on the gram at poured.coffee or the dot replace. Love it. Oh, and we have to ask you, what's your favorite cup of coffee? Mm-hmm. My drink is an almond milk flat white. Which I'm learning, by the oh. way, almond milk ain't so great for the environment. So got to pivot once again. Ooh, that's a conversation to have. We are coming back to you for that one because, mm-hmm. you know, millennials and their non-dairy substitutes. Can you tell there's a coffee junkie in uh, the Just in a little place? bit. That's, this is so interesting to me. For sure. Happy to come back. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mira, for joining us. Thank you, Apple and Shalisa. Take care. All right, Chalisa, that was a good chat, right? Definitely. Mm-hmm. And we have much more coming. So stick around. After the break, we're talking to a young millennial uh, who decided to start his own barbershop business right in the thick of the pandemic, spitting some motivational words for you, whether you're a millennial or, or not. So definitely one you want to hear. So stick with us. Hi, I'm Wayne Doyle from ExperienceYorkRegion.com, inviting all York Region arts, culture, and tourism-related businesses to list your business and events on the new ExperienceYorkRegion.com, York Region's official tourism destination website. Own a restaurant, a bar, or a cafe? List it. Own an attraction, organizing a festival, or hosting a workshop? List it. Own a golf course, a batting cage, or a bowling alley? List it. Own a hotel, a bed and breakfast, or a campground? List it. Own a clothing store, a craft store, or a spa? List it. It's absolutely free and takes five minutes. Visit experienceyorkregion.com, scroll down to the sign-up button, and click to get your business or event in front of hundreds of thousands of folks who are looking for something to do in York Region. Yorkregion.com, presented by the York Region Arts Council, in partnership with York Region. And welcome back. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast on 105.9 The Region, exclusively part of our Discoveries Block Hello, I'm Shaliza Bacchus once again. And I'm Afwa Ba. And if you're just tuning in, we've been chatting about businesses that, you know, decided to open up during the pandemic, especially during a time when many of the businesses were shutting down. So joining us to chat today, co-owner of Brazy Cuts, Carlos Bonifaz. Carlos, what's up? Hey, how are you? We're good. We're good. How are you doing? Amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. And so for the listeners, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Okay, amazing. Um, so I'm 22 years old, just turned 22 last week, and uh, I'm a barber. I've been cutting for about four years now. Not too much about my life. I used to play soccer a lot, and then I uh, eventually, once I got out of high school, I didn't really have much to do. 
Um, so I ended up picking up barbering, somehow watching a YouTube video. And then from then, working in a couple of barber shops, uh, slowly started to realize that um, I started creating a vision for myself in terms of always wanting to own something for myself. And four years later, opened up a barber shop, and uh, I'm here today. Look at that. I feel like this is the running theme of our podcast. I have to say it every time. Started from the bottom, now we <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Don't put that song there, though. Yeah. Drake's going to come at you for copyright issues. Take a oh. shot every time I say started from the bottom. <laughs> awesome. That's so great. And congratulations on all of the success that you've had so far. And, uh, you know, just turning that sort of vision that you have for yourself and really making it come into fruition. And now look at you. You got your own barbershop, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what uh, what life has for you. Um, it's crazy what dreaming can do, honestly. Um, having dreams is something that, you know, not a lot of people have nowadays. And that that dream really is essentially what happened and, and created all of this. So dreams are a really big thing. I wouldn't be here without them today. So I guess it's safe to say that your dreams is what has really been your motivation to to push you in this direction, right? Uh, yes. And also, like, just the, the way I grew up, you know, I've always been, so I, I grew up uh, the father of the household. Um, you know, I'm the only man in the house. So uh, at a young age, I always learned and I had to really adjust towards, you know, being the provider. So anything that I did, I always tried to do, to do the best out of it. So when it really came to cutting hair, I ended up just really loving it. And I realized that if I really put my determination towards the help of my family and also my dream, I can make amazing things happen. And so a big part of it was my dream, but it also was my family. Pulling at oh, my heartstrings. I know. <laughs> oh. And is there anything else that went into why you created this business specifically? I was never really amazing when it came to high school. And a lot of people always think that you need school credentials um, to get to where you want to be. And don't get me wrong, it is really good. Um, but for me... I always wanted to, you know, create a change, um, not just for my family too, but for my community. Um, so one of the biggest things that I really wanted to do was show people that no matter what, where you come from, how you grow up, that doesn't matter how how young you are. Because I opened up the barbershop when I was 19 years old. Wow. So I really wanted to show the people that wanted to do it, but either they were too young or they felt like they didn't really have their credentials or the schooling or whatever the case may be, the support. I wanted to show them that it's possible. You just have to be able to, to think about it and just really do it and be afraid while doing it. You know, like one thing I always live by was I'm always going to be afraid of whether I do it or whether or not. So I'd rather experience it doing it than not doing it because I'm going to miss out on the what if. Such a great oh. mentality, man. <laughs> Such I, a I can't just sit and listen to you all day. I know. <laughs> just imparting wisdom. I'm just turning into a motivational speaker instead of a Yeah. So. I mean, you could do both. You can be like motivating them while you like exactly. giving them the faith. I can only, Im- I I can only do, imagine. I, do, like, I do a couple of videos and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, it's, it's all about just giving you a best shot, you know? Yeah. Um, like, what's the worst that could happen, you know? Especially because I was so young and I still am very young. I just. I figured, like, I have, like, a good 60, 70 years left in my life. So mm-hmm. if I feel, at least I feel trying, you know? Mm-hmm. What made you decide to actually start this business with your family, like, in the middle of the pandemic when you saw, like, all of these other businesses were closing out around you? Honestly, the biggest influence was my sister. Um, that's Her name is Laura. She's the co-owner of, uh, of the barbershop. Shout and, out uh, to Laura. <laughs> Shout out to Laura. She's the real one. But she's seen me, because before um, I ended up opening up the barbershop, I was cutting out of my house. And she's seen me uh, literally from day in to day out, um, just working like 12 to 15 hour days, every single day cutting hair. And uh, she sat down and she looked at me, she's like, you have so much potential, you need to open up something. 
And I always kind of downplayed it and I put myself down to the point where I listened to her and I was like, I, I really do have the potential. And when it came about opening up in the pandemic, this comes with me being the leader. I seen everybody shying away from it. So I figured I have to go against the grain. I have to do what everybody else isn't doing and just do it, right? So everybody was closing down and I figured, you know what? The, the community is really down right now. I need to bring a place or I need to create something where it can be like the biggest positive energy within the place. So when everything opens up, that's when people will start coming and they'll start feeling um, like better. They'll look better. They'll, they'll just feel amazing. So that's the whole reason why it really came down to it was because I just wanted to create a different impact. Instead of all the negativity, I wanted to put some positivity into the community. I love that. I love that so much. And, you know, speaking of positivity and negativity, I feel like this pandemic has brought on a lot of negativity, a lot that's been really tough to, to battle against, I should say. So, oh, yeah. so how have you been coping through all of that and, and continuing to keep your business so strong? As, as well as there's negativity and positivity, I never really look at it like that. I just look at it as opportunity. I don't really look at negative or positive because then emotions will get played in balance. And I don't think emotionally. I always think logically. Um, so when it came down to it, um, there was obviously rough times, but I always looked at it as an opportunity to how can I really push myself to be able to get to that next level. So when there is good times, I'll be I'll be uh, like safe soaring. I won't even have to worry too much because I've gotten through the rough times. So that's why opening up in the beginning, yes, it was really hard because we did open up. And then three months later, we got shut down for about seven months. But what that did was it just opened my mind. It just made me tap in on a different level to try and figure out a way how to keep this business up. And when we did open up, how to be able to attract people back into the place. And and on that note, just can you take me through your thought process a little bit during those seven months? Because, you know, I feel like it just kept getting extended, you know, the state of emergency and, and so on. And it was so up in the air. You really didn't know when you'd be able to reopen again. So so what were you thinking and what were you feeling through that time? At first, I just started feeling a, a lot of anxiety, a lot of um, fear because there was always the unknown. I wasn't sure about the unknown, right? Um but what I realized was I cannot control when it's going to open, but I can control my actions. I can control everything that's going on right now. So it took me about a week or two to really like kind of settle down. And once that happened, I just sat myself down and said, okay, we're going to write a game plan on what we're going to figure out what we can do within this time. I may not be able to, to learn how, I may not be able to cut hair right now, but what I can do is I can do a lot of things on the back end to really kind of organize this business. So when it does come back to reopening, I don't have to worry about those little things. So that's what I ended up doing. I started teaching myself uh, certain things when it came to technology, when it came to advertising, when it came to even dealing with people, right? I had to also take care of my barbers. So um, one of the biggest things that I learned about myself was I'm the leader. I had to be, be the one that gave the motivation, be the one that gave the determination. You're, you're so wise beyond your years. Brother and Carlos. Honestly, preach, <laughs> preach, brother, preach. <laughs> You know, everybody has their own story. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the way I see it is that, like, this is a kind of a, a really good example. Um, and I live by this. So when you're, people always look at when you're born, the date that you're born is the date that you die. But they never really look at the dash in the middle. So I don't, I don't care about when I was born or when I die. I want to make the impact from that dash. So that's why every single day I always am just like, I have to do as much as I possibly can. Because within that dash, that's only a small amount of time that I have to really change 
the life of not just myself, my family, but the people around me. We're literally <laughs> looking at each other like, oh, okay. All right, everyone, let's just give the man this, an award right yes. now. Come on. can just take over the whole <laughs> Come show. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're sort of towards the end of the pandemic. Hopefully, we're fingers crossed. We're praying for it. And things are opening up now. You can now, you know, allow more customers in. Uh, yeah. What are your future hopes for your business now that you have, you, you can have more customers coming in now? So the biggest thing I've done was even from the beginning, um, I've always written out a game plan of what I wanted my life to look like in a year and three years and five years. And um, it's going according to plan, you know, keeping the business running and opening up more businesses. Um, one other thing that I really do uh, have a passion for is educating. So I have my own uh, barber academy. And that's something that I, I took the time throughout the pandemic to really organize, right? Because you know, education is something that is, is, is people love, they crave, right? And I, I noticed that there was a lack in it throughout the community, the barbering community, that there wasn't too many schools or too many people providing uh, education. So that's something where I took the time to really uh, work on that, building my academy. And besides that, just growing the community around me, one thing I always wanted to do was, it's always been hard because of pandemic, but I've always been a person where if you give back, you shall receive. So and now we started doing a lot more charity work. Uh, we just did a charity event with Boys and Girls Club. Um, we partnered up with No Frills and some of the guys from the Toronto Argonauts. And uh, we were just giving back uh, to the community. Um, and those are some of the things that I, I've implemented in my game plan of, you know, throughout the next five years. But potentially it's just growing the business, opening up more and working on my academy and keeping everybody happy. I would yeah. I would go to your barbershop just to listen to you just talk. Just to hear you just motivate others. You know, it's so refreshing. The, the funny thing is half of the people come to me not even for the haircut anymore. I don't show them how the haircut looks at that and they just come to me and they, they talk. One thing I've realized and, and I, I've learned a lot about not just myself but others is that I'm more than a barber. I don't just cut hair. Um, we're therapists. You know, guys, especially nowadays, they have a lot of trouble communicating. Um, there's more depression in men. There's more you know, mental illness in men. And when they come to the barbershop, it's mostly a male-dominant business. Obviously, there are still females. But when they sit on that chair, that's a good 45 minutes that they have personal, intimate connection with somebody. There's no cell phones or no nothing. So within that time, I really try and, you know, break down what they're going through. I always talk about the day. Um, and potentially, like, that brings me joy because there's a, a numerous amount of people that I've, I've talked to just about giving them advice, and a week later, they come back and their lives are changed. Two weeks later, they come back and their lives are changed. So, so beautiful. That's what really brings me the most joy from doing this in the first place. If there is one thing that you've wa- you would want to say in terms of giving advice to any young person that's, you know, looking to start a project of their own, a business of their own, something that you've learned so far or just advice in general, what would you say to them? Honestly, it's pretty simple. Um, the biggest thing I would say is trust in yourself and just do it. You know, like you only live once. And that's really the truth is that you only live once. And I think people tend to look at uh, physical objects like money, um, you know, wealth and all these things too much. And they forget their dreams, right? They're not like, I remember as a kid, I would always talk about how I wanted to be a firefighter, astronaut, uh, soccer player and stuff like that. And as I got older, I stopped, stopped thinking about those dreams. And so I started cutting hair and I really realized like you have to be a dreamer. Like you really have to, because if you look at all these big brands like Walmart, Apple, like a regular person did not create them, a person that dreamt created. So um, my biggest advice for like the younger generation is have dreams and just chase them. Once you get older, you don't want to say, I wish I did this, you know, just because of, I was scared to put some money down or I was scared of what my family thought or I was scared of how my friends would react, you know? That's really, that's the biggest thing. And, and have faith in God. That's the biggest thing is have faith in God because 
God is a really beautiful person and he could change your life. Could literally listen oh to you God. all day. <laughs> literally all day. All right. <laughs> Bringing us back down. All right. If our listeners want some more information, they want to find out what what Brazy Cuts is all about, where can we find you? So you can find uh, I'll give you my social. You can find me on Instagram um, at Brazy Cuts, B R A Z Y K U T S. If you want to check out the shop, um, it's at Brazy Cuts Barbershop, the same beginning, just with the barbershop at the end. Um, we do also have TikTok. It's exactly the same. Brazy Cuts and Brazy Cuts Barbershop. Facebook, exactly the same. And uh, yeah, you can check out our barbers. You can check out the shop. It's an amazing vibe. And then, of course, if somebody wants to get a you know a little bit of a cut up, a little bit of a touch up, a fade, where can they go? Where are you if guys you located? Want me to make you look amazing. Um, we're located by just off of Dufferin and St. Clair, so it's in a little bit of the west in Toronto. Thank Great. you, brother Carlos. Yes. Well, thank you so much for reaching out to me. Um, honestly, like this is an amazing thing. I never thought a radio station would ever be hitting me up to uh, have a conversation. Um, so thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. I truly appreciate you. And for anybody listening to this, thank you for listening. Honestly, thank you so much. You are the kind of positivity that we need. That millennials like this. need, that the generation needs, yes. man. And thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Millennial Balance. It's been a good one, Afwa. It really has. I really hope you guys enjoy it. I really hope that you guys hit up those businesses that we were just talking to. Uh, the Replays, Pork Coffee, and of course, Brazy Cuts. These are some uh, businesses that you want to throw your support behind. I'm telling you, this is yes. where you want your money to go. Yes, yes, 100%. And don't forget, if you ever want to listen to this podcast again, you want to relive Brother Carlos's yes. wise words, <laughs> uh, we are available to stream on every podcast platform. We've got Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. So stream on. Stream on. Dream on. <laughs> You've been listening to Millennial Balance exclusively on 105.9 The Region. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.